Welcome to Backstory, the show that explains the history behind today's headlines. I'm Ed Ayers. I'm Nathan Connolly. And I'm Joanne Freeman. I thought we'd start today's show with a little field trip to the shores of Lake Michigan, just south of Chicago, in May of 1893. Now, a few months before, it had been a desolate stretch of dunes, marsh, and unfinished construction. But now, it's the site of the hottest ticket in the country, the 1893 World's Fair, also known as the World's Columbian Exposition. I don't want to overstretch this, but one of the words that occurs over and over again in the literature is that this is a dream world. It's a fairyland. Coming to the fair meant that you would experience the best of America as it prepared to enter a new century. I've seen photographs of blacks standing in the midst of whites watching lion training off the, you know, the fairgrounds in the midway. And smack in the middle of that was the Temple of Beauty, where 40 young women from presumably 40 different nations were all doing a version of the Hoochie Coochie dance. There are no barriers, uh, so the sounds intermix. The smells from the uh, different uh, polo fuzz, the, um, the extraordinary um, cuisines from uh, different places on the globe mingle. The manufacturers really focused on, on incredible, awe-inspiring demonstrations. So, you know, those big towering lights going up into the sky, the buildings are illuminated. The manufacturers would say, we are chaining lightning and we're harnessing the thunderbolt. There are multiple stories of people just passing out because of the, they're just overwhelmed by everything. There were 600 acres of spectacular gardens, grand exhibition halls, so-called exotic people on display, and mechanical wonders, including a quarter of a million electric lights and the very first Ferris wheel. By the time the fair closed in October of that year, it's estimated that as many as one in four Americans had come through the fairground gates. And what they saw when they came, well, that left quite an impression. Dead ahead are going to be these extraordinary buildings. They were called palaces, exposition palaces dedicated to the liberal arts, dedicated to the administration of the fair, dedicated to the U.S. government. They're stuffed full of displays from around the world. And it's not a quiet place. It is loud. There is band music being played. There are people jostling one another. There are kids running in multiple directions being corralled by their parents. But not every attraction was family-friendly. The World's Fair was about the loftiest human ideals, but also about the basest human desires. The hoochie-coochie dance was what we would think was fairly close to a striptease, uh, where a woman who was partially dressed would move around a lot of veils and titillate the um, male audience with the display of her body. Even just getting around the fair could be exciting. Transportation from one part or the other to the fair would have been by electricity. As you came through the gates, 
you would take a tram, a trolley car. If it was across the lagoon, you would have ridden in an electric boat. There also were a couple places moving sidewalks like we have in the airports today. The fairgrounds were designed to showcase the best of what the United States had to offer. Designers had looked to the past as well. It was meant to celebrate the 400th anniversary of Christopher Columbus's arrival in America. But those moving sidewalks and the silent trolleys were all headed towards a new future. People went to the Columbian Exposition to see themselves and not just to hold up a mirror to see what they and others looked like. They also held up a, a looking glass to step through. All of this gives an inkling, um, some brief inkling, of what the United States is going to look like as it moves forward in time. <laughs> 